Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. The asset test for leaders, I think, is how are they dealing with sustainability? So today we're going to hear from one of our favorite leaders in our fireside chats. He is the Dean of INSEAD, Ilian Mihov. And we're finding out a little bit more about what business schools are doing. How are they playing their part to reverse the effects of climate change? So you know COP26 is ongoing. Today's the last day, by the way. Uh, COP26, the uh, United Nations Climate Change Conference, is the 26th UN Climate Change Conference being held in Glasgow. Eight leading business schools have come together uh, at the conference on a sideline event, I understand, to acknowledge and address the climate change crisis and to support business leaders who will act to a are doing their best, really, to address climate change. We're going to find out what the business schools are doing, how they're working together. Academics from eight founding schools have worked to produce what's called, we love our acronyms here in Singapore as well, right? BS4CL. BS4CL. What's that all about? We're going to find out with Ilian Mihov. It's sort of a leadership toolkit that was released at COP26. So it's such an honor and always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, Ilian, how are you this morning? Thank you, Michelle. It's always a pleasure to be here and uh, speak with you on all kinds of topics. So now today, the topic is super important and I'm very happy that um, you have me as a guest. So. Oh, fantastic. It, it really is, isn't it? I mean, you can't, you can't turn a corner without somebody talking about climate change. And that's a great thing because for a while we were debating if, if it was real. And so now we're actually talking about what we need to do about it, given the science that we know. So what are some of the aims of the business school for climate leadership of this grouping? So, yeah. So basically, we, um, we got together with uh, seven other European business schools. So Oxford, Cambridge, uh, LBS. IE and YES in Spain, HSA in France, and IMD in Switzerland and, uh, and INSEAD. So eight of us decided, um, and we've been talking about this for quite some time, that we need to show some leadership in, in terms of uh, sustainability and bringing sustainability to the forefront uh, in our curriculum, but also in public discussions. We have been talking about this I think for two years before uh, before even COP26, we were planning last year in September to have a conference in um, in London, but due to the pandemic, we had to cancel it. So what we decided to do is to share with um, with uh, the the business leaders out there with. Uh, uh, everybody who is interested, some of the insights that we have about uh, climate change, about sustainability, about leadership in these areas. And that's why we designed this toolkit. But I think the most important message I want to convey is that this is the beginning. It's not, uh, okay, we have the webinars, we have the toolkit, mm. a wonderful 94-page uh, PDF file that uh, you know everybody can read. It's free, plus a lot of webinars. Uh, but it's the beginning because we want this to be a movement across all business schools. You know, it's uh, not just the eight of us. So. so help me understand this BSCL toolkit is specifically for businesses, all sorts of businesses, to help them understand how they too can join this mass conversion to um, doing something about in, in the realm of sustainability? Yeah, so, so basically we decided to 
used some of our uh, professors, um, some of the thought leaders in this area, mm. and we decided each one of us to cover one topic. And, and as I said, you know, this is the beginning. And at some level, we, are, we view this uh, document of 94 pages not as, uh, here is the framework of what you should do. Not a manifesto. It is a, mm-hmm. It's not a manifesto. Mm-hmm. It's just the beginning of discussion. So, uh, you know, the first chapter was written by um, the head of our Hoffman Institute at INSEAD, Katerle Gulven, and uh, Mark Stabile, who is a professor at INSEAD, on how climate change interacts with inequality, so climate change and inequality. Then there is, a, there is an article about uh, climate change in nature, climate change in geopolitics, then the role of technology in dealing with climate change. Then there is, an, there is a chapter on business transformation, a chapter on decarbonization, another one about risk management, how you approach climate change from a risk uh, management perspective. Uh, And then there is also a very important chapter about accounting because accounting standards are changing. So we're putting these articles out there or this toolkit so companies can go look look at what we have at this point and then ask us or any other business school, let's just go deeper in this area. Let's start building frameworks. So as I said, you know, this is not the end. This is the beginning of these discussions. So which continents uh, does this collaboration represent? Because we know that the rules vary, right? I mean, in Europe, they're, you know, pretty forward looking when it comes to sort of targets that they require businesses to to meet in order to um, build a building, build an office, build an office park, that sort of thing. Right. You know, the, the specifics do differ across countries, but at the end of the day, as we see now with Paris Agreement, and now we'll see exactly what will be the agreement from COP26, mm. you know, there are also a lot of global uh, global standards, you know, the you know, the rush to net zero, the all these commitments uh, are global. And, it, I mean, at the end of the day, if there is local regulation, you have to adapt to this. But how you decarbonize, I think it's everywhere you have to to do that, uh, do you do offsets, or do mm. you, you know, do you actually um, lobby for carbon tax? Uh, these are questions that apply, I would say, everywhere. So, such a rich resource, so, and it's publicly available. Where exactly, Ilian? Uh, so, I think that uh, I have to send you the link. I think okay, it, right. we do have it on our website, on, your website. Uh, on the okay. Hoffman on the Hoffman Institute website, but. I think that we're also creating uh, a website for the um, uh, for the BS4CL. I think that there is a Google a Google site on this with okay. all the toolkits. So if you just okay. type BS4CL, mm-hmm. you'll get it there with all the webinars and. Uh, and everything. So okay, um, and if you can send us the link, we'll make sure we embed it with this video um, on YouTube, so that listeners, if you're listening and you want access to to this resource, you can just click that link and, and get straight there. Thanks for joining us on on Money FM. We are speaking with the Dean of INSEAD, Ilian Miha, finding out what eight business schools are doing. They've produced a BS4CL climate leadership toolkit. It was released at COP26 in Glasgow a couple of days back. Uh, so when it comes to this grouping of business schools that have done this, uh, why, why, why were each motivated? What do you think is the role of a business school in driving change in society? Well, uh, I think that the role is very, very important. 
I think that the way that uh, the world was thinking until, I'd say, maybe 20 years ago, is that, you know, there is a, as we call it in economics, externality. So pollution is an externality. You produce your stuff and then there is a byproduct, you know, sulfur dioxide or carbon dioxide or whatever it is. And then we will go and say, well, you know what, uh, if there is an externality, the government will create regulation or impose taxes in order to reduce this, uh, the negative effect of these externalities. But uh, we slowly realize that it doesn't work. You know, we, we, it, actually the world is becoming hotter and hotter and the outcomes are worse and worse. And, you know, if we just rely on government regulation, it, it just doesn't work because companies are very smart and business leaders are very smart. And those who do not believe in the importance of, uh, of climate, then um, they will find a way to avoid all the regulation, to move to another country, their production, or, or do something. So mm-hmm. we need business leaders to embrace this whole idea that we are responsible for uh, dealing with climate change. We are the ones who are creating the externality, and we're the ones who can figure out how to create a greener growth, how to create a better business model, better operations, in order to reduce this impact. So I would say that uh, without business, we cannot solve this. We cannot solve the problem because the pollution is mostly created by business. Yep. So, Guess who are the emitters, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the thing is then, okay, but what are business schools doing? Mm. Well, we, we're training these people. We're training the future CEOs and the future executives who will make decisions. And I think that what I also I realized in the last uh, few months is that even the most passionate people mm-hmm. about uh, climate change or about, uh, you know, inequality, all these, uh, you know, social issues that we're facing and challenges that we're facing, even they sometimes are at a loss. What do I do? I mean, I, I have a company to manage, but where do I start? What what do I do in order to decarbonize or to create a strategy for sustainability? So that's where we have to play a very important role in first doing the research and creating the frameworks to help these people, creating a curriculum so that the new generation of leaders, when they go out there, it is very instinctive for them. It's almost part of their DNA to think, okay, I'm going to do this investment. But, you know, the way that we usually build strategy, Mm -hmm. we look at what are the physical requirements? What do we need in terms of physical capital? We look at human capital. What kind of talent do I need in order to implement this project or this strategy? And then we'll look at the financial capital. So how much funds do I need? So physical capital, human capital, physical, uh, financial capital, usually the resources that we need. But now it's time to say, but what about natural capital? What is the effect that we're having on the capital that, in some sense, all of us are responsible for, you know, the clean air, the biodiversity, nature, and so on? 
So that's what we need to build. We need to introduce this into the curriculum, as many of us are doing, many of the schools are doing already. Mm-hmm. But we are not, we're not there yet. So we decided let's, let's not compete in this dimension. Let's compete on other dimensions. But on this one, we need to cooperate because uh, we're running out of time. Tell me, Dean, uh, what do you think are some of the challenges, real challenges businesses face as they try to balance, you know, planet and profit and the opportunities that face businesses as they attempt to decarbonize their operations? Well, uh, I think the the standard challenge is that a greener solution might be more expensive solution. A greener solution might be more expensive, at least in the beginning, requiring more investment, but it may pay off in the long run. And sometimes companies that face financial constraints cannot afford to do this, even though, even though it is better for the company in the long run. Mm-hmm. And it is even better for, um, uh, for and, and of course, it's better for the environment. So very often, you know, the, the solutions that we have are, uh, are, might be costlier, now, what do we do in a, in a situation like this? Well, first, I think that we need to look at what are really the options. Is it costlier? And is it costlier just because I have financial constraints? I cannot borrow enough to invest today. And if it is the second, then there is a room for improving these uh, financial frictions, uh, as we call them. The second thing is that, okay, there is no model today or there is no uh, technology today that uh, can help me run my operations um, by, uh, by being greener and emitting less. Well, in this case, you can start, uh, you can create a research uh, initiative. It, it's actually in, in this toolkit, there is a very interesting case of... Uh, of decarbonizing shipping, so shipping mm. contributes about three percent of the um, of the carbon dioxide emissions uh, in the world, and there is a there is a commitment uh, of the uh, International Maritime Organization to try to get to um, I think at carbon neutrality by twenty fifty. So you know there are technologies that we need to develop in order to make this happen. So you need research, and it's not entirely impossible. So I think that there are real constraints for people who are deep into understanding what they need to do. But also, I think there is a bit of a low-hanging fruit out there, and that is that there are, there are sometimes, there's just lack of information. What are others doing? And that's why we built all these cases. Maybe there is already a solution to the problem that I have, and somebody else has implemented it. So creating this platform to share information, to share best practices, to share ideas, is uh, part of the reasons we created uh, this um, initiative of Business Schools for Climate Leadership. Which was launched on the sidelines of COP26. And on that point, Ilian, how optimistic are you that these talks are going to lead to the changes that businesses need to make to play a bigger role in tackling climate change? I mean, how will Formula One, aviation, global investors into office buildings, you know, how, to what extent are they making this mass change? Yeah. Well, it's, there, there are concerns. And if, if you follow, you know, the press, you know, there are 
tons of articles saying, you know, everybody now is pledging, you know, carbon neutrality, net zero by X, Y, Z. But, um, th- and by the way, let me actually tell you our story at INSEA, because uh, I face, you know, as, as the dean of the school, I face very similar questions, right? You know, so I, I going to pledge, you know, to being net zero. And the answer is yes, of course. Uh, we uh, we established this Hoffman Institute for Business and Society three years ago mm-hmm. with the idea of in not only researching and teaching sustainability and disseminating ideas, but also to walk the talk. I mean, we have to do what we're preaching out there. So, so we're committing to carbon neutrality, uh, but what before I make the announcement, what I really want to do is to have a very clear trajectory. And again, we we want to have the science-based targets. So we 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 are following the 1.5 degrees pathway. But I want to be able to go out and say, not just you know by 2050 we'll be carbon neutral, but because. That you know that doesn't mean much, mm. right? By 2050, who knows who is around? And you know, but definitely, I'm, I'm not going to be a dean that time. But you know, it. What is important is to say we'll be carbon neutral by 2050. By 2035, we'll reduce our carbon or greenhouse gas emissions by 67 percent, which is consistent with the 1.5 degrees pathway. Mm-hmm. But also, I want to be able out and say, and this is how we're going to do it this year. This is the investment we're doing next year. That's what is happening and so on. So that very there are concrete steps and we can be checked not in 2050, which might be too late, <laughs> whether we met our targets, but in 2022, 2023, 2024, the public can look at INSEAD and say, are you on your path to what you committed? So I think that's important. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because the dissatisfaction of a lot of observers of COP26 is that some companies are making commitments without having concrete steps of how they're going to achieve this. Mm-hmm. You, you know think- that this... Mm-hmm. Go sorry, ahead, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. No, but uh, the, the thing that I wanted to say is that the lifetime of a CEO <laughs> in a top company today, I don't know what is three years or maybe even less, but it's been, it's been going down. So a CEO committing to uh, a target uh, is, is a commitment of somebody else. You know, somebody else has to implement this. Mm. So you have to be able to say, you know, I want the path to how you're getting there. And the path has to be real and not by 2032 we'll discover a new element that will solve all our problems. No, it has to be these are the investments, these are the reductions, this is the consumption that we're doing and so on. So that's so it's not enough that, to just the, set a, yes. a goal for your successor to somehow be able to meet at 2050. You're actually thinking about the strategy and the plans along the way that, you know, people can then check in on and say, how are we doing on the path? Do you think so far, though, um, it's reputational fear that is the main driver of the corporate world making this um, move to sustainability? Well, I think it's a mix. I really think that there are people, and I've met with uh, a lot of executives out there, and there are people who really believe that we need to do something. 
and and they're doing uh, whatever they can and they're eager to learn how to do more mm. so I, I mean, I must say that in the last uh, six or eight months, every conversation that I have with a senior executive ends up being a conversation about ESG, sustainability, the new accounting principles, uh, impact investing, and so on. And you could see that some of them are really, uh, they, they understand that this is the new world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have to do something to be successful in your uh, in your position. No, going That's back. another measure of success. Yeah, that, that that has become a new measure of success. It cannot be like you know you have a great you know financial result and you know let's celebrate. You know, if you are not doing enough for the environment and for the world, and if you're actually doing a lot of bad things, then it's not going to be considered a successful company. Yeah, and the world is going to hold you to account for it. As always, yeah. such a pleasure to speak with you, Ilian. Thank you for joining us this morning. Well, thank you very much. Please do visit the website. I'll send you the link. Thank and, you. Uh, and look at the report. And all, all your listeners, if you want to suggest further topics and how to deepen this, I, we're very open to these discussions. Oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. It's a joint, it's a joint effort to do all this. So. It's exciting, but of course, it's very challenging. So we can all do it by ourselves. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing more about the BS4CL Climate Leadership Toolkit. Ilian Mihov, Dean of INSEAD, I'm going to put that link embedded in the video so you can see uh, Dean Ilian, you know, explaining the toolkit and how it can work for your business and click on the link and find the toolkit yourself as well. Thanks so much for joining us. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.